0: Hi guys, GTV Mansfield Certified Nutrition Coach and the 365 Life Group Director. 365 Life Recovery is a program that leads with education and information on nutritional recovery during sobriety, helping you to avoid relapse and replenish your body through nutrition first. As always, the information in this podcast is for educational use only. It's not a substitute for medical attention, treatment, examination, diagnosis, or advice of existing conditions it's not to take the place of a proper medical advice from a fully qualified medical practitioner great so i prefaced the show last time with referring to this song by 24k golden and if you don't know how to spell golden um is g-o-l-d-n i've been spelling it wrong all these years apparently and that features e-n-d or pretty good song i like it it's called mood And like many tunes that, you know, there's always been this like radio version that you like, and then you hear the explicit version, totally different, right? I mean, you love the song. You've been singing it to yourself. Maybe your kids are hip to it. They're singing it with you in the car. You switch it to XM radio, and suddenly the kids are bouncing to a different tune, and you're panicking. You're like, oh my gosh, right? Well, I brought that up. Really just to preface this, this is gonna be about mood. And uh, not so deep in the mood as much as ethanol has flagged and disrupted the production and functionality of your neurotransmitters, especially dopamine and serotonin. But today we're going to focus on dopamine. So dopamine has been getting a lot of attention lately, both in the recovery community And about the population at large with the chatter covering and concerning mainly dopamine addiction, right? They're concerned about the kids because we get a lot of dopamine hits throughout the day. I mean, from our smartphone, we get all these texts every day, all these notifications. Man, I just I've turned most of my notifications off because it's crazy. You know, social media, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, whatever you want, other stimulants. Uh, that we have throughout the day, you know, we're just getting bombarded every day with dopamine hits and you have to admit those are without any chemical triggers, so there's no ethanol involved with all that dopamine, right? So we're already getting this large amount of dopamine into the receptors. So when you drink ethanol, so in addition to that, you're going to get this chemical that excites the dopamine receptors. I mean, so much so that they sort of explode, right? The the firing rate into this neurotransmitter is just too much too soon. This is a good thing, right? More dopamine. Now I'm motivated. I'm lit up and I'm motivated. I can take on the world. And But you got to admit that, you know, the things you're motivated to do and say uh, while you're on ethanol are generally unproductive, generally, right? When you're buzzed, nothing ever good comes out of that. And life after the ethanol, say you're in recovery, the overstimulation, it's dull and boring and the regular things that once gave you those dopamine hits, they really don't do it anymore. You're simply not motivated or driven toward anything any longer. Ethanol has overloaded these dopamine receptors and basically you blew a fuse. You need to get reset. The breakers tripped and you need to get really unbroken. So I have three beautiful cocker spaniels and I've really done a job on them. I've over treated them, meaning I love to give these guys treats. I mean, in fact, I think I get a dopamine release just upon the idea of giving them treats and going to the treat jar to open it up because when they hear it, you know, they'll run to it. So I get this reward from seeing them so playful and happy, you know, just when I say treat, right. And they hear this and they jump on me, they run around in circles and they'll do anything I say, sit, stand, lay. So I get my own release from that, but they're so excited. They're motivated toward the thought of having the treat and that treat is the reward. So the dopamine is the motivator for the reward, it's not the feeling of the reward itself or the enjoyment of the reward itself. Now, what happens after I give them the treat is astonishing, right? What do you think happens? They run off to secluded area of the house by themselves, each three in their different directions. And yeah, they're in isolation. They partake alone and they just wanna lay around. And if another dog or maybe I'll come up and try to get the treat from them, They get aggressive. They growl. You know, they loved me before. They were so friendly when I was giving them the treat. This kind of sounded familiar to me. I mean, it's because that is how I would often react when I finally got to drinking, right? Isolate, get irritated if I couldn't have it when I wanted it. Uh, But I'd do anything to get it. And I'd be happy toward the prospect of getting that treat. Now, additionally, my cocker spaniels were used to and look forward to You know, a dry dog treat shaped like a a little bone. You know, those things, they come in like a cardboard box, probably tastes like that. And they probably have a shelf life of 50 years beyond nuclear explosion or something. You know what I'm referring to. And maybe for a while, they're really totally happy with that. That's what they know, right? When I say treat, they know that dry bone. So they look forward. They're motivated toward that treat. But then I presented a more elaborate treat. Now, this was a bit more moist and meaty. You could smell it when you open the Ziploc pack, you know, that it comes in to preserve that deliciousness. So their dopamine would spike in that scenario. And even if I put the dry bones all over the floor, once they've tasted this deliciousness, the goodness, they want the better treat. And then after that, I introduced the creme de la creme of all treats for a dog. And my cat too, by the way, is steak. The grill master at my house always cooks steak. And she, um, she took control of the grill upon him when I met her immediately. But anyway, that's a different podcast. And now I only give them steak. Well, not only, but when I give them the steak, I do it over and over. Say I did that every day and that's all I ever gave them for a treat with steak. So every time I said treat, what are they expecting? Steak, right? So what happens when I cut out the steak and go back to dry bones or moist deliciousness, they're not interested. They're really not interested and they snub their nose at it. Right. And they're treat snobs, but they're expecting the steak. So again, all the treats are dull, dry, boring, and even most treats seem wretched in comparison. So their brain knows the steak is better. It makes them feel good. And now they don't have it. I even offer the treat in abundance over and over and over and over and over and over over again to try to get them back on the right treats. But it doesn't really interest them anymore. It takes some time. And this is what happens to us in recovery. We voluntarily threw away the steak or we refuse it now. So what happens, though, is we lose interest in the things that once gave us pleasure And the dopamine is low and certainly lower than it was before the ethanol habit. And even these excessive amount of dopamine hits in what they call regular life, they're boring. So we're not as excited anymore to go to the movies, to listen to that music, to write a song, to do any of the things that really made us joyful prior to ethanol so dopamine in itself can become this addictive property but you know i've never seen a l-dopa support group i mean there might be there might be a recovery group for it who knows i mean i know there are hundreds of groups revolving around the rewards sought after with dopamine the stakes of life i mean there's plenty of groups every kind imaginable truly though whatever the addiction recovery group is it starts with a dopamine trigger That trigger is the neurotransmitter in us that's driving us to get the reward. And in the actual movement, it's the actual motivator, the movement toward pleasure and reward. So that's dopamine in your life of ethanol. It's not the drink. It's the prospect of getting a drink that leads you to do it. If you think about it, I know for me, the sheer thought of a drink would just get me excited right? It do something. Well, it's just dopamine release, right? So it's not the drink itself. It's that excitement that comes right before it. So the prospect of the reward is the dopamine. It's the motivator asking you to do whatever you can jump around, go in circles, lie, manipulate, behave just for a moment, just to get that treat. The problem is this motivator is being fired off all day every day because the feeling the reward that you get or will get from intoxication so that is what dopamine is doing for you at the same time it's what it's doing to you as well i mean drinking and seeking that reward 24 7 is just overdosing it on the dopamine the ethanol intoxication reward the prospect has really overloaded the dopamine receptors Like when I give my treats to my pups a few times a day and then stop for a few days. I mean, they're depressed, right? No treats. They don't know what's going on. That's what we do in recovery, right? We get anxious or depressed. So when we are healthy, meaning not drinking so much, dopamine is considered one of those feel good type of chemicals. One of the many, right? It's necessary in our brains. But when we stop using ethanol, what happens to our dopamine? it plummets, right? We took away all the treats from the treat bottle and we're left with really not feeling very good at all. You know, where's that dopamine? Well, we zapped it. We overloaded it. So now the fuse is broken. And according to the Recovery Research Institute, it could take really up to about 14 months or so for dopamine levels to return to normal after we quit ethanol. So, you know, no wonder we're in this kind of funk and, and it's really no wonder why you crave and this is what is leading to relapse or what can lead you to relapse. You need that uh, good feeling again. In fact, you probably felt the effects of your dopamine dropping when you stop drinking by getting the shakes, the tremors. This is where the anxiety comes in. Maybe some panic attacks. You're not focused. You're unmotivated. Also, you're feeling that you can no longer get any pleasure from the things that you used to give you pleasure. Like I said, dopamine is now just spent and you need to get to work on repairing and replenishing that dopamine. So you can get back to motivation, drive and purpose, right? The feeling of purpose An approach that has been recently legitimized by um, Anna Lemke. She's the chief psychiatrist at uh, Stanford Addiction Medicine at Stanford. Um, she has a great book. It's called dopamine nation, by the way. And and her idea too, in this book is the idea of dopamine detoxing. I mean, you're already in the throes of detoxing dopamine once you quit ethanol. So you feel pretty crappy. That's going to last for a few weeks because the ethanol gave you this huge dose of stuff and stopping immediately placed you in this deficiency and dopamine deprivation. Uh, but give it time, I mean, you know, about 30 days, you'll start to feel a little bit better, right, and increasingly better as you begin to do things nutritionally first to increase your dopamine levels, and you'll begin to feel better. Uh, the key is really not to go out, go to the doctor, tell them how depressed you are you're anxious and he writes you scripts for, you know, anti-anxiety and depression meds. But, you know, let's try slowly to increase the natural levels of dopamine. Let's try this first, right? And nutritionally, there are many foods that help do this. You know, think protein, think meat. If you're vegetarian, think protein and beans and, and things like that. As you know, I always start with nutrition first. Now, ethanol has destroyed your gut, we talked about that in some previous episodes and we'll talk about it more going forward and your ability to absorb those essentials to everyday bodily functions start in the gut. Dopamine doesn't start out as dopamine, right? The finished product, but like most neurotransmitters, it is the final product in a process that started with the foods you're eating. Dopamine starts when you consume the um, essential amino acid L tyrosine. Now, L tyrosine, this amino acid hooks up with an enzyme and it converts that amino acid to L DOPA. So we're almost there. We got to L DOPA. But what happens is the L DOPA is the thing that can get past the blood brain barrier into the brain to produce dopamine. So eating right, you know, being in the sun, Uh, Even listening to music, they say, can help raise your dopamine levels. Now, you may wonder why I never lead with supplementing. I mean, there are some L-DOPA supplements and there are some amino acid supplements. But I like to start again at the base level with nutrition first to see if that's helping naturally before we jump to an L-DOPA supplement or anything like that. Now, in the beginning, it may be necessary. We sort of want to kickstart that, but certainly it's an individual basis. It's not a broad brush that we have, have to take a look at. So on the first level, tyrosine, start there. Eat more protein. See how you feel. Listen to your body because it will tell you how you feel and how do you feel after you eat that. Right? Try to help yourself increase your dopamine that way. So don't bypass the natural occurrence, right? Until we have all the facts. And those facts are given to each person, right? By how your body reacts on an individual level on what's working, what's not working. So I never paint a broad brush to cover everybody, right? And indeed, the old saying is true here. I mean, you're not alone. If you need some help through recovery, via nutritional guidance and coaching, you know, I'm there for you on the 365 recovery.life website. Again, visit 365 recovery.life to find out more about the one-on-one coaching options that will be unique to you. i join a few of the groups, social media groups there as well. Stay connected with me and the community. And as always, if you need immediate attention, about your ethanol reach out to the national council on alcoholism and drug dependence or NCAD, at 1-800-622-2255 and they can certainly place you with some resources locally there kind of help you out get you going uh into recovery and next time we're going to chat about i don't know what we're going to chat about it's going to be fantastic right <laughs> and remember don't just hear me listen